We all know the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments are the basis for morality and for the shariat or the canon law or the halacha of the monotheistic religions. However, the Ten Commandments don't say, thou shalt love. It's not a commandment. In various religions, when a child reaches a certain age, uh, they become accountable for adherence to the laws. There's a huge controversy in Christianity about when this happened. And there were the ones who would baptize at birth, and then there were the Anabaptists who were against baptism at birth because a child had to have the mental capacity to make a decision on their own that they were going to accept um, the, the religion and res uh, accept the rules and regulations. So some began to baptize children when they were 18 years old when they had the opportunity to actually know what they were doing. Uh, Jews do it when the kids are around 13 years old. Uh, boys in uh, Islam uh, in most of the Middle East country aren't circumcised until the age of 10, uh, uh, about 8 to 12. The point being that there comes a time in your life when you've matured to a certain extent so that you now become responsible for your actions, you become responsible to God, and you become responsible for following the law. But the law doesn't include thou shalt love. You see, loving takes more than being able to know what's right and what's wrong. And love changes the equation because now only don't you understand or you do understand what's right and what's wrong you also have the discretion to act appropriately in situations using the law as a guideline but using also compassion and mercy and love in order to do what's right for that situation. It gives you the ability to differentiate between each moment. It gives you the ability to know what's right for the moment. In Islam, we have different prayers for different times. A different prayer is appropriate for a different moment. You don't do Fajr in the evening, and you don't do the evening prayer in the afternoon. You do what's appropriate for the moment. Now, all of you know uh, that I was with Baal Muhayyadeen for an extended period of time. And people would ask me, what is it uh, that Baal Muhayyadeen did. 
And the answer is in three simple words. The right thing. He always did the right thing. In the moment, he did what was correct for that moment. Whoever came before him, he did what was correct for that person. He was able to differentiate and to bring forth that which was appropriate for the exact situation that we were in. The problem with the law is lawyers. <laughs> the reality is that clerics of all religions are lawyers. And the law can be changed to fit the situation as you want it to be. In other words, the political necessities that you find at the moment, the personal motives that you have at the moment, the real estate inclinations that you wish to, uh, to gather, whatever inclinations you may have, you can interpret the law the way you want it to be. And that can lead to some very, very severe consequences. And it has. All of the atrocities that have happened in the world in the name of religion have, become, have, co have come because of various interpretations of the laws which were considered appropriate interpretations at that moment. And the entire society accepted those, those specific regulations as if they had to be adhered to. And if they weren't adhered to, consequences came. And consequences were severe. Now, I also practice law. So I am very familiar with the methodology that's used to create loopholes when you need them and to create stringent situations when you need them. I'm very familiar with judges deciding which way they wanted to go and then finding the reasoning for doing that way. And anybody can do it. It's not a big trick and it's not real difficult. It takes a mondicum, very little education to be able to do this. However, love changes that equation. But love doesn't come so easily. There has to be a great maturity within a being before love comes. And love does not allow an inappropriate interpretation of the law. So first we have to learn the law and then we have to learn the truth of the law and then we have to learn the appropriate application of the law. And law that's not applied with love is inappropriate law because it doesn't take in the circumstances of the moment. And here is the pivotal question. Why? Because the law binds you. The law gives you power. The law gives you arrogance. The law gives you authority. The law gives you 
a domineerance over other people. But in reality, when love exists, all of those things don't exist. And all of a sudden, arrogance is gone. Motive is gone. The need to control is gone because love is different than those things. So everything changes when love enters the equation. There's a song by a group called U2 where he talks about the things he did wrong and then the, 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 the punchline that comes in over and over is, but that was before love get, came to town. Forgive me because that was before love came to town. It was before I understood. It was before I knew. It was when my arrogance could act on its own because it didn't have a restraint. It was before I had the ability to feel your heart, not just mine. It was before I was empty of myself and reality came into me and reality was what I was able to dispense and reality is always the appropriate action. And that's what separated Bawa from other people because there was nothing inside that was his. There was nothing that he had to hold on to. There was no self-motive. He was empty of himself, so there was room for the Creator to act through him and be in him. And that's how he could do the right thing at every moment. And what is the Sufi known as? The man of the moment. Because if you are not in the moment, you're either in the past or in the future, but you're not in reality. Because reality exists now. It doesn't exist in the past. It doesn't exist in the future. It doesn't exist in time. It just is. And until we're empty, until we're without motive, we are either in the past or in the future, and we're bound by things. And if we're bound by laws too tightly, we can't do what's appropriate. We believe we have to do what the law tells us to do. But it's how the law is interpreted. They cut the hands off of thieves. Bawa says it means to change the hand that takes to the hand that gives. All of a sudden, you see things in an entirely different way. You see things in ways that don't become clear until love enters the equation. And that's what Sufis have to give to the world. They have to give the understanding that love alters everything. Love alters civilizations. Love alters countries. Love alters cultures. Love alters individual hearts. Love alters wars. Love alters relationships. Love alters everything. But until love is allowed to flourish until love does flourish the same old methodologies 
the same old ways continue over and over and over. So the Sufis need to be the ones who bring love into the equation. They need to stay out of politics. They need to stay out of nationalities. They need to stay out of religion. They need to stay out of everything except the truth. And they need to bring love to whatever table that they're at. They need to bring love to whatever situation they're in. And they need to be the ones who constantly remind everyone of the power that that love has. And what can happen if love isn't there. Because when love isn't there, murder is very close at hand. Everyone knows what happened in Konya. Shems came to Mevlana Jalaluddin Rumi and brought love. And Rumi accepted love. Now, Rumi at that time was the preeminent religious scholar of the time. And everyone in Konya came to him for answers and questions as to the religious <coughs> law. It appeared when he was involved with Shems that the things that he was doing were outside of the religious law that he had been preaching. Because on the surface, that's what was seen. The people in Konya didn't accept love and didn't understand love. So what did they do? They killed Shems. Now, this happens in each of our lives. When love comes, we either accept it and understand it, or we kill it. This happens in each culture. When love comes into the culture, they either accept it or they kill it. We become the ones who either embrace love or kill love. This is one of the pivotal decisions each of us makes in our lives. And it's a decision we constantly have to make over and over and over and over again. Imagine <clears throat> if when a doctor is treating its pa his patients or her patients, the first question that the doctor thinks of when they're treating somebody is, what can this person do for me? Well, there isn't going to be a lot of treating going on. There's going to be exchange of monies and other things, but there isn't going to be a lot of treating going on. Well, each of us has to become doctors in the world. And when we meet somebody, no matter what their situation is, the first question shouldn't be, what can they do for me? The question has to become, what is it that I can do to help this situation? How can I heal? Bawa was a doctor. He said, become like me. We have to become doctors. We have to understand that the world has a lot of illness, and a lot of it can't be seen. And a lot of this illness 
is within the parameters of what society calls normal. So there are a lot of normal, ill people walking around. They have no idea why they're here. They have no idea what's going on. They have no idea where they're going. They have no idea why they're alive. They have no reason for being. They're driven by demons. They're driven by alcohol. They're driven by greed. They're driven by all kinds of things that are normal within our society and are accepted within our society as ordinary, okay, and appropriate. But they aren't. And once love enters into your life and you know all this, it is your obligation to take this knowledge and use it with the ones you encounter. Now, let's think about that for a second. How few people do we actually encounter in our lives? A thousand? Fifteen hundred? Can't we take what we've been given and share it with that tiny little group of people that we encounter? Can't we make life easier for the ones that we meet by being appropriate? By understanding that we should also do the right thing. By being brought into the moment, not worrying about the past, not worrying about the future, but being inclined to be appropriate in the moment. Not being bound by our prejudices, by our belief systems, by the laws that we think we know, but being bound by the higher influences of love and mercy and compassion and allowing ourselves to be free to give that or to, to, to more accurately allow that to pass through us so that it can be shared among the ones that we touch in our existence. May it come to pass that we all understand this because this world is going to be changed one person at a time. A society is governed in accordance with the hearts of the people within that society. And if the world's going to change, our hearts have to change. And then our hearts have to ignite that flame of change into the ones that we see. And as that flame ignites, everything will change. And we have to believe very, very strongly that it's going to happen. Do we believe politicians are going to change the world? Do we believe that armies are going to change the world? Or do we believe that love is going to change the world? And if we truly believe that bringing love into the world is going to change it, who's going to become Allah's tools to bring that love into the world? As they say, if not you, then who? We each need to take on that responsibility. We each need to take on that which we've been graced to get we need to take on allowing it to pass through us and fall unto others. Walk love around. Hand love out. 
it's not something we can hold on to. If you try to hold on to it, it'll die. But if you open your hands and let it pass through, it'll grow and you'll get back more than you ever imagined you could have. May it be so for each of us. Amen. Assalamu alaikum.